Hey, welcome to episode 49 of Bono Stuff, and I'm excited to have Dan Doty on as a guest, and I've met him a while back in New York City uh, with Everyman, the group he was uh, working with at the time. He's no longer with them, but still supports and works in that space around men's groups, improving masculinity, uh, just kind of reaching out to that aisle of fathers and just masculine energy, especially in this time where it's really important, I think, to redefine what masculinity means, what it means to be a productive male in this society where, again, there's a lot of terms like toxic masculinity thrown around and things like that. So anyway, uh, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this one. Um, if you know, I've had a few episodes about men's groups. It's definitely something I'm a huge fan of and advocate for. Uh, if you have a man in your life, if you are a man, um, and it's something you're interested in exploring. Uh, we have a few different resources we can guide you towards here, uh, including Everyman. Uh, I had a recent episode with Lee Povey of uh, MYP Coaching, and uh, definitely a few other resources out there if you're interested. Would really love to connect you guys. Um, and if you're a woman, would love to, or non-binary, uh, would love to hear your thoughts on how men can be better. And so that's what this conversation touches on and a lot of the different projects Zan has going on. So you guys check it out. Hope you get 1% better today and we'll see you soon. This tool, I gotta listen to more tool. Okay, we are live. Hey, with Dan Doty. Uh, formerly, is it still every man? I actually missed that formerly. part. Formerly, formerly. Formerly, formerly yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, that's fine. He's his own man now. It's Dan, dandoty.com. You know, the name is right there if you're watching it'll be wherever you need it to be and uh i'll, I'll quickly introduce dan as um every man is the way i kind of met him uh when i was in new york city uh looking and, and it came across the concept of men's groups which i'd love to dive into uh, as i think a lot of people are still not very familiar and especially during this lockdown pandemic all this stuff uh something like a men's group uh, could be something that's going to save some folks lives, I think. And if it, if, you know, if we can't even measure that already, um, if we don't have stats on that, but, um, yeah, I'll let you go and, and, uh, let's, let's jump into, uh, maybe talk a little bit about every man and, and, and where you are yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every man's organization that I co-founded and helped start about four and a half years ago. And it, its purpose is to, um, help create and support men's groups uh, really around the globe. And, and what that is, I'll just tell a quick story. Um, in my late twenties, this is far before every man ever was created. My late twenties lived in New York city, burnt out, you know, pretty fucked up actually kind of went through a, a, a big period of, uh, yeah, hardship. And in the midst of it, I went to a dinner party and got invited to a men's group. And I had no idea what it was, no clue. Uh, and I showed up and it was a group of, I think, eight or nine guys um, I met once a week. And the whole point was just to be honest with one another and to be accountable to each other and to, you know, really just drop in and, and uh, show up for each other in a way that men don't often do. And it changed my life immediately. So much so that I got obsessed with uh, why was it working so well and why is it so hard to talk about? So you know, a couple of years later, fast forward, um, started Every Man, and uh, it was a wild ride. It was a super wild ride. We got a lot of attention. It's still alive and well. Every Man is doing online men's groups um, and a bunch of other stuff. And, and I've now moved on and have run, I run my own 
business, which is you know somewhat related but different. I coach, uh, I coach leaders, I coach men, and I do larger scale group coaching programs. I, I work with dads, um, and I work with, uh, I, I train coaches and a bunch of other stuff. So. Yeah, awesome. Um, and again, I, I do thank you as, as you were kind of the impetus for introducing me to men's groups. I'm in one now that I uh, uh, I started pretty much when we moved out here to Colorado, which was about three months ago now. Um, so a new a, a group of uh, guys, yeah, that that again kind of lucked into, if you will. But um, and also we have an unofficial one also with my um, I mentioned it on my podcast here a few times, but my high school football team. Um, we had a guy actually commit suicide about two years ago and everyone just kind of lost touch with him. And we said, let's, let's get together once a month just to give people that chance mm. to chat. So it's it a much less, uh, and again, there is no official, like, I guess, men's group way to, 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 to get into it. But, um, you know, there, there's definitely different philosophies and just yet that ability to be open. Um, and it's something yeah. that again, you know, uh, it's, we don't want to be, I guess, white men complaining about it's hard to be a man these days, but at the same time, that was kind of the, like there is a space for, for speaking about that, you know, in, in every day, every, every year. Right. Right. And I mean, to me, the, the, the path through that is, is to recognize that everyone suffers. <laughs> like it doesn't matter who you are, you suffer. And from my perspective, um, men who look like me uh, have a lot of capacity to do good for others. And when we're sitting and silently suffering and, Medicating, self-medicating or killing ourselves or all this shit. Like, what good are we, right? What what good are we to ourselves, to our families, to our community, to the society, to the world? How are we, right? And so there's this sense of, um, I mean, it's no it's no surprise to anyone that men are mentally uh, have our you know struggle with mental health, right? Like that's not it's not some like hidden fact. It's all over the place, right? The suicide rate, the alcoholism rate, everything, like. Um, so yeah, it's important for men to have a place where they can be themselves and show up and and not hide. Yeah, yeah, and and it is that do the inner work and 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 like I'll be I don't know if you you know you have a little more experience around this and we can certainly move off of men's groups if you want to talk about some of the other fun stuff. But um, for me, it is an alternative to that one-on-one -on -one therapy, um, and and it's just again this very needed. Uh, thing where again, even I've been now consistent with these guys for for in this new group for um, about three months, and again I feel initially I was even hesitant when I uh, the one time I, I did get to go to one of your groups in New York City. Um, again, at the time I was kind of like eh, was, this was a lot, like you know you got guys hugging me and, and strangers, and and again uh, I don't think it would have mattered if it was women or men or whatever, but it was just like yeah this is like a lot for me to digest, and again I get the concept. I understand like if you get a, a good connection and, and, and build on that, which is ultimately, you know, there's the right way to do it, better ways to do it, which is another thing you're working on now is teaching practitioners how to better lead these groups. Um, and again, I've, I'll just share uh, recently, even just the, again, in the three months, it, it's helped me improve my communication with my wife um, yeah. and, and just allowed me to, I'll say, evolve as a man, as a human, as a, as a person, um, in, in how I communicate, how I deal with, again, all these different things going on um, that are sometimes very difficult to, to conceptualize. And again, it's, it's just even having that football group, again, we'll talk about nonsense. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of work being done there where we're like, we're not going deep into, yeah, I'm struggling with this and, and finances or this job or my brand or my identity or whatever. So 
uh, yeah, it's been good to have uh, a, an outlet, even if it is once a week for, for 60 or 90 minutes. So, um, yeah, I don't know if um, uh, you wanted to move over to, to again, how now, uh, maybe a little bit of the philosophy and if there's somebody out there who might be interested in either, A, I guess the resource of where where do they go to start? If somebody just Googles men's group in my area or, or Zoom men's group or like- Oh nah, man, everyman.com. Like, like <laughs> my opinion, no, no doubt about it. If you want, if you are- and you should, I think, I think to, to just highlight it, um, you mentioned that it, you know, it's an alternative therapy. I would say it aug augments therapy or is a good sidecar to therapy. Right. And, and not, not that everybody needs therapy, not that everybody needs, needs a men's group, but the, the unique benefit of a men's group, there's multiple, but one is that, um, there's a, a lot of just societally sort of stunted parts of uh again this is a generalization so take it that way but of of what it means to be a man right and so the to be in the company of peers who are male helps us sort of like fill out who we are learn how to talk learn how to be ourselves a little bit more and you know it can be therapeutic it can be instructive it can be social it can be a lot of things but uh the the group format has a lot and so yeah i my um with without any questions at all, I, I think every man is the best resource out there for starting men's group, for joining men's group, for being a part of that community. It is uh, oriented, kind of like I guess the best way I'd say it is, um, it's not really fucking around, right? Like so, like the the every man process is to go right to the to the stuff that is uncomfortable and to go right to the stuff that we don't know how to talk about and go right to learn how to feel, right? Every man's in, incredibly. Um, powerful at helping us learn how to feel, which is, I think, one of the fundamental problems that men often face. So yeah, that I would, uh, I also think there's a lot going on in the space these days, right? It's uh, in the past five years, it has gone from, uh, it's not mainstream at all. I wouldn't say it's mainstream, but I do believe that we were, you know, part of riding a wave that moved it far closer to the mainstream, right? Far closer to the mainstream. Yeah, for sure. Again, I, I it, I, I brought it brought it to my attention, but I still, when I speak to a lot of folks, um, they're they're not super familiar. Uh, yeah, I would say the the grand majority of humans, or or especially men that I speak to, are just like, uh, yeah, what's that? Tell yeah. me, tell me, maybe tell me more, maybe not even that. But is that the right spelling? Uh, you can see the, yep. the yeah. So the and it's just everyman.com without the second e, <laughs> if you will. Um, awesome. So tell us, yeah, about how now you've shifted over to. Um, a little bit more of, of uh, let's go. The first one you mentioned on our pre-call was the fatherhood healing. So, so yeah, I, I have a program called Fatherhood Unlocked. It's a five-month, uh, really deep dive for a group of ten dads. And the reason, um, well, there's many reasons. I mean, I'm I'm deep in the middle of of being a dad myself. And uh, but what I what I find and what I'm really drawn to there is that uh, you know in the whole idea of doing inner work or, you know, personal growth or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, there is an opportunity when one becomes a father uh, to make it count, <laughs> right? I think there's a lot of fathers that sort of have a kid or two kids and they're trying to hold, you know, financial life up, professional life up. And if, and sort of, if they haven't been doing some of their inner homework, right? things start to really crash. And uh, 
um, or they can start to crash. And there's just this existential fear that a lot of dads have is like, I only got one shot at this, right? Like, I don't want to screw my kids up. It's pretty obvious I will, right? And, <laughs> and I don't know how to not screw them up, right? And so um, it just really becomes this very acute moment and opportunity to uh, a lot of the barriers to, to doing some inner work just go out the window because it's not about you anymore. It's about mm -hmm. your kids, about your family. And it also just offers a really uh, meaningful way to get at some of, of our deeper parts, right? Our relationships with our dads, our relationships with our families, our ability to give and receive love, our ability to be present with others. Um, yeah, they rise to the forefront and, they, and they're not just these little things inside that only we're aware of. Now they come out daily with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and two things that brings up for me, one is that the uh, survive versus you, I think you said the word survive, which triggered that concept for me, which is something I work on on the physical side as a, as a physio and as lifestyle coach, whatever we call it about eating, sleeping, all that fun stuff. And, but when we're talking about the role of, of fatherhood, again, it's, are you surviving and doing the best you can, which is the like, you know, greatest generation is like, you know, oh, he did the best he can um, kind of thing, looking back at it versus thriving, being a little better, um, understanding that, again, there are these tools like these, uh, you know, courses that, that we're putting together. And is it a, is it a course or how, how is that working? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a five month course. We meet twice a month for a couple hours and, and there's uh, I do individual, it's actually a hybrid of a group program and a one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I do individual sessions with everybody in the program. Um, and we do all these group calls and, and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a deep dive, right? And so right now I'm putting together a, a lighter version, which is going to be a six week course. It's not out yet. So I don't, I don't need to say more about it, but I'm, I'm excited to build more, uh, more of a larger platform around fatherhood because there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dad stuff out there. There's a lot, you know, there's, there's it's, a, it's a growing space as well. But I, what I'm interested in doing is sort of uh, deepening, uh, offering this space for some, some deep healing, deep level work in the, in the fatherhood context. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very needed. And, and again, um, again, it's not, I, I, I want to be clear for anyone possibly listening to say that it's not like, Oh, all the mothers get all the love. And, and and fathers need a little time too, but I mean that is kind of what it is. Is is let, again and and the other thing I was thinking of as as you were talking is, you know, put your own ox put the oxygen mask on you first, right, in the airplane before you can help others. So if you want to be there for your wife, for for the mother of your children, for the children, uh, yeah, we have to be you know able to work through our own struggles and and uh, be stronger, be better. So uh, again, I, I'm totally. You know, I can't, there's not, not much there to argue with, I think, is, is the thing that uh, we walk away yeah. from. So. And on the larger frame, you know, in terms of impact, I feel like um, there's not much that could put, in my, in my opinion, make a, a bigger impact on uh, communities and culture than having healthy, stable, present dads, right? It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty rare that I talk about it to somebody and they don't just immediately share their story of, of what you know triggers for them. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing that I, I was thinking of as you're talking is again, this the traditionally there's been some good opportunities for folks to, uh, in, in different cultures, right? You have like the steam room or you have, you know, where guys meet up, there's the, um, what's the one with the little hats? 
Uh, Hamam? Hamam? No, the uh, when they're on the little cycles or whatever. Uh, I can't think oh. of the, oh, They I would have conventions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of the word right now, the name. That's all right. Um, well, there's yeah. the, I mean, Masons, the yeah. Moose Lawn, like all of the different yeah. lodges. Yeah. So, exactly. so, yeah, it seems, and again, I don't know if, if again, just the, the, the maybe – I would say the the more recent generations, and again, that's something that I I grew up in Brooklyn, so I don't know if we, you know, I saw some of those clubs, I guess, but but uh, I just was never invited or, or anywhere around that uh, for whatever reasons. But those um, phased out, man. I I, they, I think those are pretty yeah. relics at this point. I think the 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 other way to think about it too is that when we're younger, we're we're on sports teams or we're on mm -hmm. clubs or you know school and then college, and so there's actually this. Uh, timeline of men in men's lives that as they get older, just social connections just dwindle, right? And and it's it just gets unhealthy. I mean, in the past, you might have had church, you might have had all other things, and so little of that is is occurring, uh, depending on who you are. Obviously, the, the Shriners. I looked it up. The Shriners that was the group with the little hat. Yeah, yeah, the Shriners. That was the group. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a super interesting like uh, perspective or, or way to look at it sociologically or, or historically even um, how we are going into this. And yeah, now with the lockdown and COVID and everything and masks, which now we're much less connected as humans, um, I think that um, you know we're 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 definitely. I don't know if you saw this statistic, but loneliness. Um, every day of loneliness, they they found physiologically equates to. Uh, the equivalent of, of 15 cigarettes a day, basically. Yeah. So it's, just, yeah. it's not a good thing at the end of the day. We know that much, right? Um, so yeah, the, the that takes us, I guess, to kind of the next thing of, of you're talking about leadership and um, the practitioner training that you're talking about. Um, so you have the fatherhood one path <laughs> and then the practitioner training for the men's groups. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I assume a lot of that comes from the uh, everyman experience as well. Well, no, actually not. So it's it's not a practitioner training for men's groups. It's a practitioner for for coaches. So it's a it's a mastermind called Ring of Fire, and so there's a there's an entire industry that's growing actually quite rapidly of men's coaches. So it's like a life coach, but who who focuses mm. specifically for working with men. And um, so it actually it, it's actually not based on the same stuff as ever. It's 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 sort of the other end of the spectrum. And so I've been coaching men for uh, officially for five years, like formally for five years. But um, way before in the back uh, in my twenties, I was a wilderness therapy guide. So I used to run trips for young men um, out in the wilderness, therapeutic trips for young men in the wilderness. This has been my life's work, right? And so uh, this program specifically is a you know, it's two parts. It's teaching coaches how to, um, you know, really, really affect change and, and do good work with, with men. But also um, there's practical business training involved as well, which is, you know, just your, your straight up mastermind um, type program for uh, for coaches to be able to make a living doing it, which is, which is a a big part of the of the men's work and the men's coaching world is that it is it is new and it's a fledgling thing and uh, you know people need to to make a living in order to to do work so so that's a big part of it too. Gotcha. Yeah, and um, I do think maybe the wilderness side was where Maha found you, my wife, um, of because uh, we were starting to do couples therapy. Um, which we have not, because uh, we've been traveling around so much, we <laughs> moving around. Um, we have not uh, really 
you know, put enough attention and time into. So, but I think that's where we found you originally or some mm -hmm. version of that and connected with you. Um, and I was, I was again, planning to have my uh, bachelor party before my marriage with uh, kind of being facilitated by you. And again, that didn't work out, unfortunately, but I do think it's a cool concept and we're still definitely now being out here in, in Colorado where the nature is just abundant. Um, and, and it's definitely re uh, igniting that concept of, yeah, there's definitely so much power to being in nature. Uh, there's so much, again, being uh, the ability to share that with other people and just the, the space that that creates and whether that's primal or, you know, going back to our genetics of, of, of being around the campfire kind of thing. But um, yeah, so some really powerful stuff. So that was the other thing you mentioned is the co-ed wilderness um, that, that that's something coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm launching a, uh, just this week, I'm putting it out. It's uh, it's just an eight-day canoe, co-ed canoe wilderness experience, but it's going to be uh, focused on uh, elemental and somatic meditation. So all along this, this I'm, I teach somatic meditation and practice somatic meditation and uh, weave it into basically everything I do. But this, this is, you know, working with people in the wilderness is, if I had to pick one thing to do forever, there's no doubt. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's where I'm most at home. It's where I have uh, the most sense of myself, the most freedom and the most impact for other people. And, you know, I think it's the best teacher, like, honestly, what well, has been for me, right. And I know not everybody is uh, there, but as a human being who is in a living body, that is a part of this earth. I think that uh, when we can land in that, experience of being alive and that simplicity in, in feeling the earth under your feet and the wind on your skin. And um, it's just an incredible training. It's just an incredible training to be out for an extended period of time uh, because there is the amounts, the distractions are gone and it's different. And you have to learn about your body. You have to hear the signals inside of you. You have to deal with what's in your head. You have to deal with your feelings. You have to communicate well with others. It's, it's kind of like a perfect crucible to sort of put into action a lot of the, the most fundamentally. You have to sleep at night. You have to drink enough water. If you don't do either of those, you're pretty much fucked, right? So it's, it's a self-care and a self-awareness uh, holy grail in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, let's back up for a sec. You mentioned somatic meditation. What is, um, for, and again, I think a lot of folks are now much more familiar with the concept of meditation. Just, you know, sit down, shut up, try to quiet your mind, um, maybe use an app to, to guide you through that. But is there a difference with somatic specifically? Yeah. So somatic is a term that just refers to the body or your experience of the body. So a lot of meditation is, uh, a little bit more mentally oriented or, or conceived of in a, in a mental or, or thinking mind. You know, you're just trying to quiet your mind. Uh, well, one of the better ways to quiet your mind is to put your attention into what you're feeling in your body and to develop your capacity to have a moment by moment awareness of what your body feels like inside, outside. And so somatic meditation is a, uh, a process of learning to relax and and inhabit your body and be with be with the sensations that come up, and it it um, in some ways is it, it can act very much as a shortcut to a to a a more still place or or a place of deeper relaxation. Be just because like when you I mean think here's a here's a gross example, but when you stub your toe for even just a one second for like or half a second, you're not thinking anything. You're just you know, you just, you're, you're, you're here, right? Yeah. 
And so it's a shortcut to being present. And so you can learn to just sort of, um, so there's breathing exercises, there's relaxation practices, but it's a, I'm in part of a Tibetan lineage, um, like very, 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 very old school, you know, as old school as it gets, but um, has been sort of uh, separated into a, a really practical way to, to learn how to meditate. Yeah, no, uh, again, what I, what I end up doing in my practice is I just work on the breathing part. I don't talk about the mindfulness necessarily, but just, I think that, and that's always the way I say it too, is like something like a crocodile breathing, which is you lay down on your stomach and you focus on just, you know, breathing your belly and pushing your belly into the floor. Um, it does give you that feedback cause you're on the floors and, and yeah. there's that little, a little extra bit of, uh, if you're breathing into your chest, you feel that much more than if you're just here now. Um, so yeah, something like that. I always tell people, this is like, this is the, the easy kind of shortcut. Like you just said, uh, same thing of, of tapping into the physiological benefits of yeah. meditation. So I do find that, um, there's tons of need for that. And again, uh, when we look at the statistics around, uh, what's going on in the world with ADD, ADHD, and again, uh, who knows where, what, what kind of, uh, things we're going to find out five years from now after these lockdowns where, um, again, not, not here to, to debate the validity or necessity of the lockdowns, but um, at the end of the day, the, the, the reality is we're going to have to face the effects of it. So uh, again, I don't, and, and again, I've heard this a few places um, at, and at the end of the day, um, I want to come back to, to, this is my public forum, I guess, of saying, uh, how can we get like, and this isn't necessarily a question for you, but getting meditation, some version of meditation into schools. Um, and again, this is super lined up with with things I'm kind of playing around with and ideas I'm working on. And I've been kind of putting together like a TED talk of, you know, what's the biggest thing we can change where we can make a difference. And for me, a lot of it is, uh, yeah, we need like a license. Uh, we get a driver's license, right? Most of us. And and we, we don't even get a human body license. Like we don't even know how breathing affects us until maybe we're lucky and we find somebody, uh, you know, who can teach us something about breathing and, and how that can affect your ability to calm down, or again, when you get distracted and you have that ADD, ADHD, whatever, which is again, so prevalent in our society, um, the ability to just, yeah, reset, breathe, let alone go into a setting where you're in nature. And like, again, that's that fully immersive, like you have no escape, you have to drink, you have to like, yeah. yeah. And that's another thing I think that, uh, I, I don't know, again, maybe you're, you're more familiar with, um, when I grew up in the nineties, uh, as, as a kid, you know, we would have those kind of summer getaway sleepaway camps. Um, is that something that's become less prevalent? It feels like it has, um, or, or Good question. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think it, we just moved from California to the East coast and there's certainly plenty of camps around here. So mm -hmm. my, I, my sense is maybe they're still going strong, but listen, the majority of the world, uh, inhabits a very technologically driven, uh, you know, mind-centered disembodied state and 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 that's uh i think for you we could take a talk about it in a million different ways but mm -hmm. in general it doesn't um it doesn't tend to lead toward very happy fulfilled mentally sound <laughs> lives right so it's a big it's a big uh it's a big hurdle right like life modern life itself is a huge hurdle but i'm really i, I don't I'm not one that says we shouldn't be in modern life. I actually think that, um, you know, it's encouraging the, the, all the breath work that's becoming more mainstream, the men's work that we're talking about, all of these things, um, I think are just more, they're, they're just so clearly necessary today. Right. Like, 
Uh, I mean, unless we are about to get uploaded into the cloud ourselves and we don't <laughs> need these bodies anymore, you know, and maybe that'll happen. But until that happens, uh, I also think that it's it's just really lovely uh, to be in our lives, living aware of what's going on, right? Like real joy, real connection, real love. Uh, these things occur as a human, <laughs> right? Like not not as not as a robot. And uh, I'm just gonna, I can't imagine a life where I'm not doing some sort of advocation and, and teaching about how we can be more human, right? I think at the end of the day, that's that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to, that, that that's a kind of a good segue, I think. I, my next question would be, uh, a lot of this, these different avenues sounds like, again, uh, I'd be curious your story of how you came upon because uh, I think that might be valuable for somebody who's who's maybe still kind of like these sound like maybe good concepts, but uh, yeah. again, I'm over here doing my nine to five, like I'm yeah. struggling with this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, talk, I think that's that's a useful part well, of the story. I, I mean, yeah, I'll tell I'll tell some of mine, but just to name it, now having worked with literally thousands, probably tens of thousands of people at this point in different ways, like what usually happens to come upon is is enough pain enough pain in your life uh, to push you into looking or trying something new, right? And then honestly, happenstance is is often, you know, kismet or just fate tends to bring people or luck, random chance. Um, unfortunately, I just think that's true. And, you know, social media is pretty much dominates our life right now. So like, you will be fed your opportunities, right? Like you, you will like, Think about something and it will pop up on your on your stream. So I don't I don't think running into things is the problem as much, but um, an open mind goes a long way. How I stumbled into things in my life and it was stumbling was um, you know some of the biggest things that changed my life. First first of all, moving abroad, living abroad when I was young. Uh, I did that because my girlfriend was going to dump me if I didn't go with her. Right? Like, what country did you guys go to? Um, first, we lived in England for a year. We, we spent some time in Europe, and then I lived in Panama and other places too. Uh, but that was like, you know, I was clueless, and she's like, "Come on, dummy!" So I went. <laughs> Next big thing was the the you know running these wilderness therapeutic programs, and I didn't know they existed. Right? I was literally living in Panama. I ran out of money. I needed a job. I went on Craigslist. I found a job. I'm like, "What is this?" And then I show up, and it's the most incredible thing I could ever find. Right? Cool. So. That was pretty pretty lucky. Uh, same thing happened when I first found my men's group and meditation uh, was, I, I mentioned this time in my life in my late 20s, I was living in New York. I was a teacher, a public high school teacher, and uh, really just really kind of broke down. You know, I, I had a big breakdown. And in the midst of that, I, uh, I don't even remember exactly how, but I did. I, I like stumbled or lucked into these opportunities that truly became the basis of a of, of a different life, a different lifestyle, you know? And uh, I, what I'm except, what I do get excited about is, is when proactivity comes into play, right? When we can, when we can get ahead of things. And I've seen a, a, a nice increase in that in the past five years and working with people, how, you know, people are coming out of curiosity. They're coming from more of a place of resource and not just, um, you know, it was actually one of the big things when I worked with these kids when I was younger, was uh, you know they'd come out to the to the wilderness on these long programs against their will a lot of times, but they came because they had either broken a law or gotten violent or something had happened, 
And then they'd come out and we'd teach like basic emotionality, basic communication, basic self-awareness and these things. It's like, what the fuck are we doing not teaching that first, mm. right? Like, why do we wait until things are broken to teach the basics of how to be alive, right? How to interact with other human beings. So just like you said, like, you know, schools and things like that, I think that in the long run, um, I, I'm guessing and I really hope that some of these I really do. And, you know, I could be I could be clouded in, in my judgment here, but I, I think what we're talking about are really fundamental human needs and learning about very fundamental ways to to keep them, to address them. And my sense is things are exacerbated right now from modern hyperspeed life. Right. And so I think it's just sort of like up in our shit right now. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, again, the the TED talk you did, uh, what the world needs from men, or what the world, yeah, what the world needs from men, not not now necessarily, but but in general. Um, t tell us a little about that, the impact, the feedback you got from that. I'd love to hear about that again. I, I I'm hoping to maybe one day be able to do a TED talk and again push. I think we're all talking about the concept of pushing ideas, yeah. uh, ideas worth spreading, and and just yeah, changing things that we see as as wrongs, and again, simple solutions that. Uh, it's it's a lot to overcome the uh, again uh, you know on my side on the physical as well as I think on your side is the that like you're saying modern life but it's the the you know far, big pharma a lot of money going on there we, we we don't have to go too far down that rabbit hole but yeah tell us a little about the I'd love to hear about the TED talk the experience of that and and uh, a little bit of the feedback from it yeah it was it was a great experience man I um, I enjoyed it it was uh, I've, I've given a couple other similar size talk since then and it's uh it's never not scary i think i think i both love it and hate it at the same time uh but you know that talk was was basically me leading by example and getting on stage and sharing some of my own story my own fa my family's story and uh you know and i got emotional like i, I shed a tear on stage and and um i'm really grateful that they didn't cut any of that out you know mm -hmm. It was, uh, it's, it's been, I mean, it didn't, it didn't get like, it didn't get many views in the whole wide world of Ted talks at all. And, I, and I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. I think that the feedback I've been, I've received has either been, um, that moved me like a lot of really raving reviews. And then also some honest reviews of like, man, it makes me really uncomfortable to see like a burly man on stage being vulnerable, <laughs> you know? And I think that's yeah. real. That's a hundred. That's that is it, and and I'm happy to, I'm happy to sort of take some of the, take some of that, right? I, I can I'm happy to, I can hold that, right? I can, if 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 I think that I, what I know for sure is that the people that it has touched and have taken a path to go, uh, open up, I mean, uh, wildly worth it, right? Uh, but it's it is uncomfortable, right? It's an it's an uncomfortable talk on purpose. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is, is we, you know, but and, and so I guess that also is an, another question that leads me to is, um, Hey folks, you know, I'll put the link for, for your Ted talk and everything down below, but, uh, in the comments section or the, uh, show notes, but, uh, do you have any other resources other than finding a men's group again, taking, which seems again, can be a, a huge step for some folks. Is there, is there a book maybe someone can start with? Um, for me, I know I've, I've gotten a lot of benefit out of the way of the superior man, um, a, a, which deals with kind of the, the just really going into the masculine feminine for anyone uh, not familiar, um, as well as I'm now reading Attached, uh, talks about attachment theory and, and uh, just 
uh, if you're secure in your relationships, how you were as a child, as well as as kind of how we are yeah. with our adult relationships, things like that. So do you have any uh, top recommendations on that regard? Yeah, I, I'd say um, in terms of a lot of the work I do, the, the best book is called The Call of the Wild by Kimberly Johnson. Um, it came out actually quite recently. Kim's a good friend of mine. Uh, but I think that in terms of learning about the body and sort of our, our nervous system and how we're wired, uh, there's, there's no better resource than that. Awesome. I'll, I'll have to check that out myself. Um, very cool. Put that in the show notes as well, although I'm really bad with show notes, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep work, I'm working on that. I'm working to get better at that as well. Um, cool, man. I think we covered a lot of great stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, I, I kind of want to wrap it up here just because we did so much. Uh, I feel like if we go in any further, we're going to dilute the message a little. <laughs> um, and I want to be respectful of your time. But um, yeah, at this point, you want to share uh, best places to find you, the, the the many different projects you have going on, it sounds like. any Is it just the one website? One website, man, dandoti.com. Yeah, I, awesome. I'm on Instagram, barely. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, dandoti.com is the spot. And, and if somebody's wandering around the woods of Maine, I'm, I'm guessing they'll see you there now. <laughs> Somewhere else. They won't see me because I'll be in camouflage, so. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, yeah, Dan, thank you so much for your time. I'm excited to get this one out there. And um, again, I had an episode for anyone interested a few uh, um, episodes ago with Lee Povey, another, uh, he's he's a men's group facilitator and, and does, uh, uh, that's the, the one I'm in and, and uh, group coaching. When I did that interview it was actually before the very first men's, it was the day before the very first one I was going to jump in with these guys. And, and again, obviously, that's the update for anyone following along is, is uh, I'm still with them. And again, I've gotten a lot out of that. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is something I'm definitely going to push out to uh, again, my football guys and, and just any other men who want to have those conversations. And like you said, uh, you know, kind of overcoming this. And I, I do think I've seen a lot more podcasts with, you know, bodybuilders talking about being vulnerable and that, that just, yeah, masculinity, vulnerability. I think that's a whole nother, uh, thing we could probably talk about for a couple hours, but <laughs> we'll we'll leave it there. So thank you again, Dan. Um, we'll we'll hopefully if anyone got value out of this, got one percent better, you can share it, like it, uh, comment, subscribe, leave a rating and review on all the different channels, and got to do all that feel. I love it. Anyway, um, we'll uh, you can stay on, and uh, guys, uh, again, share this out. Uh, I'm sure there's folks who can benefit from it, and we will talk soon. Take care. Take care. All right. We 